Hello and welcome to the Thursday episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danzial. And Chris, still undefeated. Still rolling. They laid, they left scorched earth at Temple. I think that was beyond scorched earth. I think that was just total warfare. You texted me. You said they were going to leave scorched earth. I'm stealing your words. You did call it because forget who it was, but someone with one of the Philly media outlets said that Jay basically t- took the LaSalle game as a loss and treated the next practice as a loss. And because of that, I think it kind of woke him up a bit. And as a result, they got off to a 25-5 to run to start the game and basically didn't look back. Yeah, the guy you're referencing was Mike Jensen from the Philadelphia Inquirer. I saw some reports about an hour before tip-off. The student section was already piling in. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment. We've been in this situation before, twice actually. Over the last two years, Villanova's played Temple to clinch the Big Five outright title. And not only that, we did so as the number one team in the country. Doing it again third time around, and it was not the third time of charm for the Owls as Villanova won 87-67, and Jalen Brunson might as well call it the Jalen Brunson Center. God, that guy. Career performance once again at his against his dad's team, or his dad's old college team. His alma mater, you might say. Before we get into Jalen Brunson, we, we will talk plenty about Jalen Brunson. Is it bad that I didn't even think this win against Temple gave us the Big Five championship? I, I, I completely forgot that it was technically on the line. Uh, you know, I don't really blame you because I feel like in recent years at least, or maybe three of the last four years, there was always that last Big Five game that trickled into January. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But this year, we banged it out right before Christmas. Like, all four. Yeah. No, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I remember, yeah, senior year when the game was at Temple, that last one was, uh, yeah, that trickled in, like, really weird, like, right in the middle of the Big East. And that was, like, an ESPN2 game as well. That was, yeah, that was pretty weird. There's always one of those games that trickles in, in, in the middle. And I think UConn's that one this year. But I guess there was a reason for it. But you know who definitely kept note? Jay Wright, because his cast just won their 22nd straight game in Big Five play, and they haven't lost since 2012. Scooty Randall and all those guys back at the pavilion. Wow. It's been an extremely long time since we've lost, obviously. But that's a good thing. That's okay. We were just baby-faced freshmen at the time, and now we've, we're on our sophomore years in the real world. So it's, it's been that long. Yeah, we have yet another group of people who can say that they never lost a Big Five game, and that's our fifth straight outright title. Villanova's now won, I believe, eight of the last ten. So yep. Kings of the Big Five once again can't complain. We're catching up to Temple. Temple has 27, so that's the most in all of the Big Five. We now have 26, so one away from tying, two from taking over. Really? Temple has the most? I would have never – I wouldn't have had that pegged as the top. I would have had St. Joe's or us. Obviously, <laughs> you know it's it's funny because back then they were they're real good, and I think if I'm not mistaken, they're actually one of the most winningest programs in college basketball. Oh yeah, no, they definitely are. ESPN published an article it was a couple years ago where they basically ranked each program from 1985 on, and they assigned certain points: championships, Final Fours, NCAA appearances, conference tournament championships, all that stuff. And one of the teams that surprised me that was up there was temple they had that, that good run under cheney they were they had a couple of high seeds yeah it was definitely uh, well before our time but yeah i believe they're definitely top five when it comes to most winningest in college basketball 
But this time around, Villanova, kings of the Big Five once again, and Jalen Brunson having himself a day. 31 points, 11 of 16 on the floor, six threes, six rebounds, five assists, no turnovers. The man was all over, and he was hot from the get-go. It was literally a lot like his last trip to what we think should be called the Jalen Brunson Center <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, he established a new career high in points with 31. He and he came out guns blazing. I, I think when you knew he was on was one of the first plays of the game, early part. He drove to the basket on a fast break and did a nice little spin move and then just flicked it right up off the backboard and then. It was a brilliant move, and I was listening to the game on the radio at the time, and Ryan Fanning went absolutely nuts going over, describing what Jalen had just done, and then that's when you knew he was locked in. And then he kept hitting three after three after three, and he was just pulling up and popping. It wasn't like off-ball screen, wide open. He would just take the ball and just shoot, and it would go in. Sometimes you're like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It's kind of a bad shot, but when you're draining them like he was, it, it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And then on top of that, he was distributing the ball probably as good as he has been all season, finding the open guy. I think he had a couple of nice passes inside to Amari, who also had a great game, by the way. So it was it was a great all-around game for him. He obviously gets up for these games, and you have to think that his, the fact that this was his father's alma mater obviously had something to do with about it. Yeah, coming in through 11 career Big Five games, he was averaging over 16 points a game, shooting 55% on the floor. 53 from beyond the arc, four and a half assists per game. You got to imagine all those numbers just took a nice spike up after last night's performance. He was just phenomenal from the get-go. I also love the Jalen Brunson stare down you know, when he makes the big play and then he does a little stare <laughs> at the other mm. team and you know he means business. The man has just kicked it into high gear. Yeah, it is truly amazing seeing someone take their game to another level, transcend it, kind of like how Mikael Bridges was against Gonzaga, and then Jalen does this against Temple, and it's like, you just wish that they could do this game in and game out, but you just know it's physically impossible because you just drain yourself throughout a long season. But man, is it, is it really something special to watch when you got a game or two like this? And that's why I think people hold on to it so tight. He's now had four of his 11 20-plus point games against Big 5 opponents. He's a Big 5 slayer, Big 5 killer, and he's one of the Big Five kings. Speaking of awards for the Big Five, I guess he, he would win the uh, Player of the Year. Oh, I, I think yeah. so at the rate we're going. Yeah. It's probably right. between him and Bridges, but I feel like if they had to pick, it would have to be Brunson right now. Yeah, I think you got to give it to him. Let's not sleep on Omari Spellman. God. Yeah, let's, let's bring him up. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah, yeah, the big man. I, I think when he had that leaner three, when he tried <laughs> to draw the contact, but he also wasn't totally sure of what he was supposed to do. But he just kind of like heaved it in there, and it just went in swish. Because <laughs> at that moment, I realized, oh, this guy's going to drop at least 25. And he did. He had 27 points, 11 for 14 on the floor. All his misses were only from three, but he made four of seven. So, honestly, it wasn't egregious at all. He also had right. eight rebounds to go along with it. Mm-hmm. He's just been getting better and better and better. He hit that wall at Battle for Atlantis. It seems like he's climbed over it, and now he's hit, he's approaching top speed. I don't know if he's hit it yet, just because I feel like he's going to do something bigger. I don't want to say this is the biggest, and then he'll do he'll explode for even more. Right. I definitely think he's capable of doing more. Obviously, you look at the box screen, you're like, oh, how can he do more than this? And realistically, as a freshman, I don't think he can, but maybe a year down the road, two years down the road, and possibly as a senior, if he's still around, he's going to be putting these games in 
game in and game out with with relative ease. And I know this was a 20-point blowout win, but there was the biggest shot of the game, the most important shot of the game, came when Villanova was up seven against Apple. It was 28-21. Villanova had their huge lead. I forget what it, what its largest was at a, its peak. It might have been around 20. I think it was 20. Temple was able to cut it to within seven. And then we had a couple of bad possessions, came off a couple of bad possessions. We go down the court and we're in the midst of another bad possession. And then Omari kind of frees himself up from the right side and drains a three to put us back up 10. And I don't think Temple got it within single digits from then on out. That was probably the biggest shot of the game. And it took some real cojones to really take that shot with the crowd getting really hyped up, getting really loud, and then just to pop a shot right in the defender's face and drain it. Stone cold. And to see that from him after, like you said, hitting that wall in Atlantis, it, it's shown that he's turned it around a little bit. Yeah, I don't even want to say that this was a big game because I remember, you remember last year, I was like, oh my God, J- Josh Hart just had like a career day, like what a game. And then next thing you know, next game was even bigger. And then the game after that was even bigger or he would have a clutch play. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to dial back a little <laughs> bit because I feel like we're going to see even more from these two as crazy as it is, especially how for a while it looked like that they were going to outscore Temple single-handedly. It is really nice to see that it, that you kind of get this combo with a point guard center type of deal obviously stretch center good to see the dynamic with that and the way they so you can dominate from the outside and you can dominate inside as well and it, it, it's kind of a two-pronged attack that you really haven't had in the past I mean obviously you had it with Arch and Chef but Omari brings a different element with the ability to stretch the floor some of those threes that he just pulled up right in between the eyes no no mercy cold-blooded definitely takes some uh some great fortitude and he, he just shot it up, drained him, and he was getting hyped all day. And meanwhile, Temple fans were just getting really, really quiet. Real quiet. But let's not sleep on Temple. Quentin Rose had a great game for the Owls. He drained three threes in a row, 27 points, 9 for 12, 5 for 6 from deep. He was the only one really who got it going. Shiz Alston Jr., we shut him down. Mm-hmm. 10 points, 4 for 12, didn't sink a single three. Great job on him. And Obi Nechionia, the force was not with him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> just three points, one for seven on the floor. He did have seven boards, but really it was just all Quentin Rose. And Josh Brown didn't look too bad either. He had his little mask on. Yeah, he <laughs> he did. The power of the mask got him uh, 12 points on the night. So it was a solid performance for him, but obviously you're going to need more to beat Villanova. You can't just have Quentin Rose doing everything, even though he did everything in his power to basically get Temple back in the game in the first half. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty much like holding up their shooting percentage and making them look real good. But he had a great game. He's he's mm-hmm. awesome. He's fantastic. He shook off bridges a few times too. He did. And made some tough shots. Yeah, he had a lot of drives to the basket where it was just, I don't know if it was just bad defense or if he's just that good or maybe some combination of both. But he drove right by everyone. You're just you're just looking at it like, uh, guys, you might want to guard him. He's kind of good now. And I thought our defense would be a little better than that. But whatever, you, you can you can allow them to get their, their points. I mean, they have to. So Yeah, exactly. We'll let one guy cook. But if all the other 10, 11 guys are just quiet, that's a good game. That's A-OK. You're exactly right. Offensively for Villanova, they did a great job shooting 60% on the floor, 13 for 28 from beyond the arc. It was Mm -hmm. just such a great overall performance, especially just from Brunson, Spellman, those guys, great. Dante DiVincenzo with 12 points off the bench. He looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Cosby Routry and Jermaine Samuels, they had a little burn. But I think the exclamation point was Phil Booth to Eric Pascal. When the game was pretty much decided, it was like a 15, 20-point game. 
Booth throws one up to Pascal, and then bang, God, that was <laughs> that was a vulgar posterizer alley oop finish. I have, I hope that that turns him around, but because he was hype, Bill was hype, and I was floored. Yeah, uh, vulgar is the most perfect word for that. You didn't expect it, obviously, because they were up big, and you're just kind of like just expecting them to just coast through the rest of the game, but to throw it down like that and basically end the guy's life put them on a poster, all that jazz. It's uh, That was something. We've had some nice dunks in this early part of the season. For a team that really isn't known for ducking, like, historically, we've had uh, some nice dunks between the Bridges dunk and now that one. Yeah, Pascal, great dunk. I mean, six points, five rebounds, but, hey, you get a highlight play that just goes viral. Who cares if we had six points? Hey, uh, well, I, I'm sure he does a little bit, just a little bit. But as fans, I guess I guess you're right. I mean, Phil was dealing with a virus, and then Eastman didn't really need to do much with Omari Cook, and so it was it was fine. The other thing too, Jalen Brunson showed that he could fly. Yeah, he dunked. <laughs> <laughs> he dunked. I couldn't believe it. I was I was just like, oh, he 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 actually dunked that one. Wow. Yeah, probably the first time since that UCF game in the Charleston Classic last year. Did he do that? Like he he's dunked before in the past. I do not remember at all. I thought this was his first one. Nope, nope, he's done. He's done. Okay, all right. It's on, if it's on record, then okay. But yeah, that was that was nice. He was feeling himself last night, and yeah. honestly, good for him. Do you think that's his last big five game? Do you think that was the last one? Do you think he just ends it on the exclamation point like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I think him and Bridges are both gone at the end of the year. But 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 this it's it's December. We could let's 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 talk about this season. Let's be happy that what we got now because next year might be looking a little little iffy but it it is a pleasure to watch him right yeah that was indeed his last big five game what a way to bow out on great great performance you know when Jalen Brunson came when there was news that he committed once he finally got the reins once he finally got the the leash loosened this is exactly what I was imagining games like this games like last night where he just dominates and just does a little bit of everything and wow he was just had that killer instinct last night and Amari Spellman, Eric Pascal, we see you. We see you. <laughs> they're getting their own. They're, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. Another quiet game for Bridges, though. I'm happy that they won by 20, and obviously they struggled against LaSalle a little bit. But in the past two games where Bridges has been quiet, they've, they've, kinda, they've taken care of business. So I guess that's a good, I, I guess that's a good sign. What, what, what would you say about that? Yeah, it's like uh, you know, famed Fortune 500 fan John Rothstein said, you know, so many weapons. You you take away Brunson, Bridges goes off. You take away Bridges, then Brunson goes off. And then you take away both of them, then Spellman has a day. And it's like, what do you do? <laughs> so many right. weapons. Yep. You're, John Rothstein made a good point. Wow, would you look at that? Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, he's he's more than just a a scripted bot that just generates the Fortune 500 tweets after every Villanova game. Dude, he definitely, he, he's definitely got something going, some program going for that. Is there is there a Twitter program that allows you to like pre-write tweets and then send them out like Maybe. <laughs> when an event yeah. happens? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, another Big Five title, Kings of Philadelphia once again. This is just such a great run we're on. Twenty-two straight. Wow. It's like weird when you when you put it like that, especially mm-hmm. considering how we are gunning for the most Big Five titles in all of Philadelphia. And we could potentially get in two years if we keep this going. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be tough to maintain the the win streak, but I, I think they could probably get the titles within the minimum of two years, for sure. Yeah, just absolutely fantastic from Brunson 
Spellman just taking care of business from the get-go. Wire-to-wire finish. What a way to respond after that LaSalle game. You could tell it was just all business. What better way to just go into a hostile environment, shut down the crowd, shut down your city rival. Temple hates us. We don't like them. And then, of course, you know me. I, I bounced out of my seat when I saw Pascal finish with that exclamation point. It's, it's funny. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, a, approximately seven years ago, I said that he wasn't <laughs> going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> to, to his face, I believe, right? Would that be correct? Yep. Yep. It was, uh, <laughs> It was, it was my, it's funny because uh, I was actually talking to a high school coach uh, just before the game and he was like, oh, you know, you should get me in for some of these Villanova games, blah, blah, blah. And it's like great to see Eric Pascal doing it big. It's it's all anyone talks around here, uh, especially in, in this neck of the woods, seeing that basically grew up with him, told him that he wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, let's see. It was like my, either my freshman, no, it was probably my sophomore year in high school. We're a football school here at Dobbs Ferry. We're very football town. Dynasty, the whole nine. We tried to recruit him at one point. As you can imagine, it did not go well. He just wanted to play his hoops. But uh, he was, at the time, he was an eighth grader. It was already, there was already talks about him being like the big kid on the block. Like everyone knew when he came to high school, he was going to be one of like the, probably the first kid in years to just jump straight from middle school, skip JV, and go straight to varsity. But one of my good friends, uh, Habib, uh, his name's Kelvin Garcia. It's a long story why his name's Habib. But uh, we went to go play basketball at the local park, at Gould Park, for anyone who's been to Dobbs. And there's Eric Pascal shooting around, you know, with his, I don't know who the other guy was, some random guy. So we played twos. And Eric Pascal, he knew the hype. The hype train was coming, that he was going to go straight to varsity. He was five foot eleven, maybe six feet tall at the time. I was 5'10". I've been 5'10 ever since ninth grade. Didn't really hit the growth spread I thought I would. Maybe I've gained an inch or a half inch since. But he was he was he was a cocky. He was a cocky kid. Who wouldn't be when you're a middle schooler and you know next year when you start high school, you're going straight to varsity to run with the big boys. We were playing I was I was on him because I was taller than uh, my friend Kelvin. So I'm Ding him up. We're going at it. We're talking. You know me. We I like to talk trash a little bit when I play. <laughs> And uh, he was just like, you know, he was getting his buckets. He was going in. And at one point, I swatted him, and it felt so good. <laughs> it felt so good to just, like, quiet him for, like, a few seconds. And I was like, oh, man, like, you know, we're a football town. Just remember that. I don't think you're going to go anywhere. You think you're, like, really hot stuff. Like, just wait till you get to varsity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, for a second, I was ahead in the race when I won the state championship in football. But then, obviously, we – yeah, God, he was scorched earth every night on varsity. He was the hottest ticket in town. Everyone got up for him. And it was great to see him do well. And it was even better to see him go to Villanova – I remember streaming his playoff games in Falvey my freshman year and being like, God, I really hope Villanova takes him. Or I really hope that Jay Wright's on the trail for him because I feel like he could be a high major guy. And then all of a sudden you hear that he committed to Fordham and literally everybody was like, what? <laughs> Why would you want to go there? Like, what? what? <laughs> I guess because it's local, it's nearby. It's funny. You know, I would have never guessed that, uh, you know, here he is. He's got his national championship ring. And I'm just a guy who writes about him and talks about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, little role reversal there. 
a lot a big a big role reversal but it's all cool though you know when when he first came to campus uh, i ran into him and dante we gave each other dap dobbs we're hype we're hype for anyone who makes it big or you know just reps the town and first thing i told him was damn eric you got real big last time i saw him he was just like a six foot three skinny two guard next thing i know he's like 250 260 six foot six a tree he was he was a tree and uh you know we give each other a dap whenever we see each other but it's just funny it, that that story will always be in the back of my mind just that moment at Gould park just like getting really intense two on two and just at that moment just be like yeah you think you're big like you know, you're not gonna go anywhere you know it, you just got stopped by a football player who doesn't even play basketball and uh here we are here we are <laughs> bum, 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 bum. that's uh that's a great story right there. I I knew about it, but yeah, it's it's just funny to see how how things always turn out. And I remember you mentioning him to me like way before he even considered transferring. I was like, why is this kid playing at Ford? I mean, like you told me his stats and you told me what he was about. Like, why 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 would he be playing at Ford? Like, what is he doing? And then literally he like announced he was transferring, and then he picked Villanova like immediately. And I was like, oh, that's that's great. And now now Eugene has it in on the basketball team. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool! And now Dodds Ferry is such a big Villanova town, which you know you can always get up for that. And I, I love it. It's like I come home, and it's just still Villanova. <laughs> still all about Villanova. Yeah, it's like you never left. You know, we became chill after that moment. He was, let's just say, you know, when you're a star on the basketball team and you have D1 looks, he got exclusive locker room privileges. So he got to be, he got to have the big boy lockers with a football team. <laughs> And uh, his locker was right next to mine, and it's funny. Uh, we tried to get him to play tight end or wide receiver, and he just wasn't having it at all. Oh, but I, I'm glad. I'm glad because it worked out. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. You tried to get him to do a LeBron type ordeal, like, oh yeah, he he's so big, he can he can play tight end or something. Maybe. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know if Eric remembers that story. But, uh, you know, one day we'll get my friend Habib on here, who's who's actually really tight with Eric. Uh, they he actually has a great story with Eric that I can't say because uh, we, we just wouldn't do it justice. But maybe we'll get him on here one day after Eric has another highlight play and he'll, he'll share a story. <laughs> but it's funny. I, you know, I, I laugh. I laughed at it our senior year in 2015-16. It's like, oh, he, his team's about to play for a national championship. And I'm just the guy who writes about him. <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, it's like almost like as if God just saw that and it's just like you know what, I'm gonna make this kid big, <laughs> and I'm gonna make this kid a good sports writer. That way, their paths will always cross, but one will be above the other <laughs> on the totem pole. That's okay. You're still doing it for yourself, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm glad with the way things worked out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I... yeah, yeah. There was there was never any bad blood, but in that moment when I spotted him. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, on the, it's, on, it's on the court. You, you just get hyped. You become a different animal. Villanova is taking a little break for finals. They're going to be off for the next eight days. Yeah, eight days. Yeah. Uh, they'll resume action on December 22nd when they go to Hofstra, and that'll be a little homecoming for Jay. We're going to talk about that as we get closer to that game. But for now, Chris, yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but mm-hmm. Mississippi State men's team, they lost. And so that means there's only two now Ooh. in the club. Us in Florida State, right? If I remember correctly. Yep. And okay. The women's team was still off until the twentieth. They're still going through their finals break. But if there's a game to watch, you know, just keep an eye out for Sunday's game when the Florida State women's team heads over to Texas 
And Texas is ranked number eight in the country. So keep an eye out for that because there's a there's a chance come Monday or come our next podcast on Tuesday, we're the only ones in the club left. Yeah, it would be nice to be the exclusive rights owner to that club. And the men's team plays uh, this Saturday as well. They play against Oklahoma State. I believe the game's at home for them, so they might not have any trouble with that. But FS, FSU seems like a team that would be like, and like one of those teams that just loses a weird game. You never know. You never know. And with our break, like you said, I, I, I think it's very doable. I, I think we are going to be the lone men-women combo of undefeated. That's pretty cool. No one would have guessed that at the beginning of the year, that's for sure. I, I sure hope so. I mean, I'll, keep, I'll be keeping an eye out for those scores on, in that Florida State game, or in both Florida State games. So we'll see how that goes. The Big Five champs, they're going to take a nice little well-deserved break after still being undefeated. They got finals. You know, if there's one thing about college I don't miss, it's definitely finals week. Men's and women's team, they're off. So we'll get to them as we get closer. We're going to preview the women's game next Tuesday since they'll be taking the floor that Wednesday. So let's look at the mail. Let's look at what we got in here. First question from Mike Jacobs. What is Villanova's first loss or when's Villanova's first loss? I guess some good news and now all of a sudden we're talking about bad news. Sad news. Yeah, I like talking about good news better. Um... God, I, what did I say was their first loss? I forget what I was going to – I forget what I had. Oh, I think you said Arizona. Well, uh, yes, yes, that is, that is true, but we all swung and missed on that one. Yeah, well, yeah. if you told me that Arizona was not going to be in the semifinals? Semifinals, <laughs> yeah. Would have never guessed that. Yeah, no. I, no, I almost no. gave them credit for a second. <laughs> yeah, come on. Don't, you can't do that. They, they're, they're a disaster right now even though they climbed back into the rankings just on the virtue of one win against, I believe it was A&M, but whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of who I had them losing against. Was it at Butler that I had them losing? I think it might have. I think might've, it might have been. Might have been. You still stick by that? Do you double yeah. down or do you, ch- do you change your answer? Butler's, like, so weird. They're such a weird team. Very weird team. It's very dynamic. I'm just going to stick by it for now because we still got two games before that. Granted, it's against Hofstra and DePaul. But we'll 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 see. Maybe the picture becomes clearer. So you're saying it won't be DePaul? Uh, no, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you just let down the five DePaul listeners who listen to our pod. <laughs> oh, it, it, they don't they don't have it. <laughs> uh, I'm still sticking with my answer, and that's February 4th when Seton Hall comes to the Wells Fargo Center. Oh, yeah. I don't see them losing at home this year, though. I just... I know Seton Hall's great, but... I think the nail in the coffin for me was when they went to Louisville and they did the thing. And they, they stood on the, the table and got all the old beat reporters mad? Uh, yes, and by old beat reporters, you mean that one guy. Yes. <laughs> from, from Louisville. From Louisville, yes, yes. They were very... They were, that was not a good thing to do. It was a very millennial thing to do, and God forbid millennials have any fun. I would say the most shocking fact about millennials that I had ever learned was when I found out that meant 18 to 35 year olds. Yeah. Like apparently if you were like born in like the late eighties, apparently you're a millennial. I was like a very, very wide range, which is yes. not what I expect because usually, you, you know, when, when people say millennials, there's that age range that you pretty much think of. And I think it's like 18 to 24. For me, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I didn't think, yeah. 
basically us, basically yeah. our age, like in like maybe a couple years backward yeah. and forward. That's it. Yeah, basically anyone who was born in mid to early nineties, like that's what I envisioned that meant. But no, no, eighteen no. to thirty-five. Yeah, that, whatever, whatever. However, they come up with these things is very weird. I don't know where you cut it off. Like, oh, I don't know why a certain year is so arbitrary that it's just like, oh yeah, we're just gonna cut it off right here, right now. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. You guys, uh, you guys make it up as you go along. I'm pretty convinced of that. Next question is from, well, it's another question from Mike Jacobs. Mm. You haven't asked for my mailing address yet. When am I receiving my Christmas gift? Well, I have a question for you, Mike Jacobs. When's the video hoops Christmas party? <laughs> can can we fly out to your house in Seattle? Can you like fly us all out? Can we do that? Can we arrange this? <laughs> Please tweet at us. I, I actually would like an answer because Christmas is coming up. We have. 11 days left. Yeah, next week will be our two, last two podcasts before Christmas. So it, it, it's coming quick. Our last question is from Anonymous. This person wished to be kept anonymous. And we'll, oh. I'll, I'll honor their request. I'll honor okay. okay. Uh, what is the power rankings for guests that have appeared on State of the Nova Nation? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, everyone's tied for first. There you go. There's my answer. I'm copping out. That's, I think everyone's great. It's, it's great. great. That, that's a good answer. That's a nice, safe answer. It's great to meet new people. You know, great to meet fellow Villanova fans. Basketball knowledge that, you know, I, I, it's, it's great to just throw ideas off people and for them to throw ideas out there. And you learn a lot. Like what Brendan Riley talked about last pod was just reading great with the big five. I had no idea what was going on with that before he brought it to light. And Catherine Ryan gave, gave a great analysis last week of the Gonzaga game and breaking down the Big East for Chris Lane was fun too, you know. It, and we've had the, the VU Hoops writers on too to give insight at, at a game that, you know, they're a- actually able to watch close. It's good. I, I love it. <laughs> you get different angles. Yeah, we had yeah, Ryan Bowman reporting on the Penn game, on that once-in-a-lifetime game, or at least for, for him and for us. and. Let's see, in the past, we had Kim Adams of Big East Digital Network and other Big East Conference reporting fame. Mm-hmm. And then we also had Adam Shalafu from Chicago, DePaul. Oh, so that's right. We've, yeah, we've had, a nice, we've had a nice diverse cast. Uh, we hope to bring more people on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, you know what, Chris? Uh, I think everyone's tied for first. Everyone's tied for first. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, well, look at that. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Uh, Please remember remember to follow the podcast on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Podomatic. Always check back at viewhoops.com. We got the goods. We got the content. We got the news. We got the updates. And we got it all. Your Villanova banter, commentary, talk, analysis. Follow the pod at S-O-N-N pod on Twitter. Follow View Hoops at View Hoops. On Twitter and on Instagram, you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And you can follow me, Chris Danziel, at the Stansman on Twitter. Novidation, have a good weekend. Hopefully, by the time we meet up again on Tuesday for the next podcast, Villanova will have the only, the remaining undefeated basketball teams left and will be the only ones who can flex the fact that we will have an undefeated men's and women's team. Hopefully, by the end of the weekend, but we'll see. Otherwise, have a good weekend. We'll catch you back again on Tuesday.